Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word... There is no other door. There is no other belief. Every other belief will lead you to the wrong place. Every other God is not God. Every other religion is wrong. It is narrow. It is narrow, it is narrow, but it is the truth. Jesus is the only way. And so, why are there so many beliefs in religion? Because Satan is a great counterfeiter, and I believe that he's the author of confusion, and I think Satan threw out as many alternative routes as possible to throw people off the trail, but Jesus is the way. No matter how good life is going, we all have moments of despair. We all face times when we feel like we're trapped and there's seemingly no way out of the hole that we've gotten ourselves into. Today, Pastor Bill explains that if you want to move on from your past mistakes, give your life to Jesus. As Christians in our current culture, it's easy to give yourself to Jesus and then hit autopilot. You need to make a choice as to where you stand in Jesus. Give everything you have for His glory. Now here's Pastor Bill in the book of 1 Thessalonians, chapter 4 as he continues his message, a comforting hope. Why God the Father sent God the Son to die on the cross for the sins of the world, and why God the Son says he's not willing, doesn't want anybody to perish, to die without him, but he wants everyone to repent, to turn from their sins and come back to him. And and God makes it possible that everybody can, right? That's when you think about salvation, it's available to everybody. But what if you're really, 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 really bad? Yes, especially you. Um, you know, you name whatever crime, whatever wicked thing you think a person could do, God would forgive them and receive them if they would come to him in faith. Uh, there's nobody outside the realm of God's ability to save. The scripture says that he is able to save even to the uttermost those who come to God through him. And so I love that about the Lord. Nobody's left outside. Nobody that wants in is left out with the Lord. People might want to put you out. Uh, I watched a report from, um, I keep getting mixed up between which guy it was, whether it was Jeffrey Dahmer or it was the other guy. One of those guys got saved. He might, he might seen the, uh, was, it was Dahmer. Okay. So he got born again, uh, in prison after, you know, he, he did some real wicked, vile stuff, but evidently he got born again for real, uh, accepted that his death was coming. He deserved it. He didn't fight it. He spent the whatever years he had in there after he got saved. You know, they, they sent a thing. He would, he would fold up verses and he was giving out the word in there. And I remember sitting there was a reporter that was reporting on his life. And she seemed to have a hard time with the idea that he could somehow believe after what he's done that it just didn't seem right to her that he should be able to believe that you're going to go to heaven now. That that and, and I remember just thinking that's the power of the gospel. That a man could be that vile, that wicked, and come to Christ. And I and I know Christ can save him. And so I remember watching that thinking, that, that guy is saved, man. God saved him. God reached to the uttermost and saved him. Here's the encouraging thing. If that dude can be saved, I know I'm good, right? <laughs> Praise God. I, I ain't never ate a person. I ain't never chopped the body up, you know, so... I'm like, man, God, hey, I got all the faith. I, I, I'm not mad that you saved him, but it sure does boost my faith that I know I'm saved. So uh, don't be mad at it. Be encouraged by that. Amen. Some people be mad at it. Like, I don't think it's right. Get over it. You need to be saved, too. All right. <laughs> Moving on. 
um, in verse 14, this is key, right? So, so 13 runs into 14, so I want to read it together. He says, um, you know, at least you sorrow as others who have no hope. Now he, he contrasts it for if we believe, that is critical and that is key. If we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. So this thing is true for a certain group of people. If we believe that Jesus died and rose, that's the gospel. If you look at the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15, 3 through 5, it's that, that we believe that Jesus died according to the scriptures, that he was buried, and three days he rose again according to the scriptures. That's the, the heart of the gospel message, what Christ did for sinners. He died in our place. Then he defeated death by rising from the grave and making salvation available to all who would believe. And so here it says, look, if you believe this, if you believe that Jesus died and rose again, everything hinges on this belief. But if you believe this, he says, then God will bring with him those who have passed away. Again, the, the believers in Thessalonica were, were confused about what happened to their brothers and sisters that have died before the rapture. They were thinking that they had missed out. And Paul is saying, no, 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 no. They haven't missed out on anything. They're going to come. Those that are those that have died or, or that are fallen asleep, those that have died in Christ, uh, they're going to they're going to come back when, when, when the rapture happens. They're going to be they're coming with Christ. And so uh, here it says, but it, it's only for those it's, it's if you believe, if if you believe, if we believe that Jesus died and rose, even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. And so. Uh, the critical question is, do you believe, right? Do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus died and rose again? Um, why is there so much, there's so much, um, uh, how do I say, there's so much opposition to this belief. And I, I puzzle sometimes why there is an opposition against other beliefs like there is against Christianity. Have you guys ever pondered that? Right? I, when I think of, of Christianity and, and just the, the opposition to what we believe and how people categorize Christians and you guys are narrow and you're against everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I think of like, how come they not bothering the Muslims? Y'all know that Muslims are more harsh than we are. They treat women bad. They, I mean, there's so much, there's so much worse that a, 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 a Muslim that genuinely believes the Quran and in practice and no one seems concerned about that, but Christians. Out here trying to love folk. Out here talking about Jesus loves and died. That's a problem. Um, it's a it's a problem for everybody, right? Notice this: nobody ever curses with any false gods. No, nobody ever said. No, nobody ever says. You know, why is Jesus Christ? Why is his name the cuss word? You never hear nobody saying, "Oh, Buddha." You know, you never hear. You never hear that. You never hear that. You never hear anybody. You know, all the, the, the variations of God, you never hear anybody say, Allah, huh? Nope, just Jesus Christ. Just him. Hey, you ever think about, I think about these things. Like, you know, it's, um, I feel like the enemy knows where the power's at and that he inspires much of the attack and the angst against um, that which is actually true. And while there's other religions, they can believe whatever they want, they can practice whatever they want, but somehow Christianity is, it's the problem. This thing is an issue. Uh, it is a problem for Satan and what he wants to accomplish, but that's it. And so everything hinges on this belief, the belief of the gospel, and it's so important that you believe it. And um, I want to ask everybody here to consider for just a moment, do you really believe the gospel? 
And just have an honest moment with yourself. Ignore everybody for just a moment. Do you really believe that Jesus Christ is God the Son? That because of your sins and everyone else's, he died on the cross. And that he rose from the grave and conquered sin and death and Satan. And that through your faith in his finished work, you are forgiven of your sins, are connected to God eternally and have the hope of heaven. Do you believe that in your heart today? And does that belief impact how you live on a day to day? Because I believe there are some people that would say, I believe that. But there isn't any evidence in their day to day life that they actually believe it. So biblical belief has to flesh itself out in behavior. My behavior has to change because I believe this. Um, my belief has to move me to do some things different or else it might just be a belief in my head. You know, you can be you can believe the right thing in your head, but if it doesn't lead you to repentance and surrender to Christ, it hasn't gone far enough. And so I challenge us in love because I do love you guys. Just be honest with yourself. Be real, because for you, it's not too late. Right. If, if you've been faking, if you've been playing games, you could you could get that right today. God would forgive you of hypocrisy today. God would forgive you of playing games today. God would forgive you of just having head knowledge today and receive you as his own. And so, you know, while there's hope, I want us to get this. I want us to know this. Um, I don't think there's anything more important that's going to transpire in this life than that we are saved and that we know there's nothing more important you're going to know about yourself than that, that I belong to the Lord. Um, there's nothing more important than that in this life um, because this impacts eternal life. Uh, what you believe about Jesus. So it says now, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. So the idea is this, as we come to the teaching of the rapture, um, believers are on the earth at the time of the rapture. All those that have preceded us and died and gone to be with the Lord. We know that from Paul's teachings earlier is to be absent from the body is to be what? Present with the Lord. So if you die today and miss the rapture, oh, but but for those of us that are there, but let's say let's say someone died last week. They missed the rapture, but they they're with the Lord. Amen. Now, let's say the rapture happened this morning. Boom. Um, we get reunited. Uh, it's not like we get to go to God and then they got to catch up later. God says, no, you're not going to precede them. They'll be coming with me. We're going to all we're going to all join up together. Um, we will be caught up together with them in the air to be with the Lord and will always be with the Lord. So there's going to be a great reunion at the rapture of the church. Think about that. Think about all the people that have gone to be with the Lord that we're going to be caught. We're going to, be, we're going to all get caught up together. Um, and so Paul is encouraging the, the Thessalonian believers here because they, they misunderstood. They thought that if the people that died already had missed it. So if everybody that died already missed it, that would be sad. Uh, Oh, man, they're not going to be there. But Paul says, no, no, no. Um, that's not how it's going to go. Is that They're going to be coming with me. And so now look at verse. Um, uh, let's four, uh, so, sorry, I'm, I'm looking at verse 15 more time for this. We say to you by the word of the Lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. So. Uh, I thought it was interesting that Paul said this. We say by the word of the Lord, um, he's wanting to give he's being adamant. This isn't this. These ain't my words. This is the word of the Lord. You guys that 
uh, those of us who are alive remain until the coming of the Lord. We will not precede those who have died. Now he says in verse 16, for the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first. I thought this was interesting because there are some people that say this has already happened or whatever. I want you to know this is not going to be a silent event. Look closely at verse 16. We got three noises. We got a shout from heaven. Um, and I don't believe that's going to be silent. It's a shout from heaven. Right. Then we have the voice of an archangel. Everybody's going to hear that. Then the trumpet of God. This is an event. This is not going to be missed when the rapture happens. Um, it's, it's, it's going to be, there's going to be some noise. There's going to be some, some heavenly ruckus that takes place. And I have no idea what the earth is going to come up with those that are left behind. Uh, I have no idea. I don't know what story they're going to come up with, with, you know, with, with virus, all those that disappeared must've had caught the, the invisibility virus or whatever it was, but it's going to be something y'all. It's going to be something, right? Um, but it says <laughs> that these noises are going to, going to be right there so um the lord himself is going to descend from heaven let me say this because some people get confused about the rapture and the second coming here's the here's the the best way to kind of understand the, the both in the rapture we're going to be caught up to be with the lord in the air at the second coming we're coming back with the lord to the earth so think about that distinction the rapture we're going to be caught up to be with the Lord in the air. At the second coming, we're already with him. We're coming back with him to the earth. Does everybody follow me? So the rapture and the second coming are not the same event. These are two separate events. Some people get them confused and it can mess up your, your the end times picture. But um, that's how those things are going to go. So the there'll be the, the voice from heaven, um, the shout from heaven, the voice of an archangel, the trumpet of God, and then it says, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And so those that have um, died in Christ are going to rise first. Then verse 17, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. My favorite part of this verse, and thus we shall always be with the Lord. This is to me the most important part. We're going to be with the Lord. I don't care if I meet the Lord through death or if I meet the Lord through rapture. The goal of this life is that when I'm done with it, I'm going to be where? With the Lord. Heaven is only going to be heaven because we're going to be with the Lord. It's not because my grandma's there or somebody else I love is there. Heaven is going to be heaven because I'm going to be with the Lord. Because the alternative to being with the Lord is what? Is hell, right? Being in outer darkness, weeping and wailing, gnashing and teeth, fire, brimstone, I'll pass. I want to be with the Lord who loves me and died for me and been caring for me all these years. And so again, um, this doctrine here is called the, the, it's the doctrine of the rapture. There's many different beliefs about end times. Some believe that um, we'll be raptured. I believe that we'll be raptured before the tribulation period of Revelation, those seven years. Some people believe that we'll be raptured in the middle of it, um, after it. There's different positions that believers hold. Um, this is not a salvation sort of issue, uh, but I do think it's important to have a, a, a good understanding. I, I definitely hold the position that we will be raptured before the tribulation. 
Uh, I think that that's consistent with what I see taught throughout scripture. I've never seen God punish the righteous with the wicked. And since the tribulation period is God's wrath on a Christ rejecting world, it wouldn't make sense to me why believers would be there. Um, you know, why, why God would punish his kids with the mother kids. Um, so that's just inconsistent with his character, his nature, and with what I believe he's taught us in the word. Now, some people will say about the rapture, the word rapture is not in the Bible. Um, y'all may know some special people. I like to tell them, you know, the word Bible is not in the Bible either. You know, ooh, they say the word Trinity is not in the Bible. Yeah, you know, so um, we come up with some words to help us understand things that the scripture teaches, right? We can see in scripture the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. We can see in scripture the Bible teaches that the three are one. And so we have the word Trinity. It's, a, it's our word to explain what we see there in scripture. Um, the word Bible is not in the Bible, but we, we understand what Bible means, a collection of the 66 books of scriptures. Well, the word rapture in English is not in scripture, but it is there in um, it is there in the Latin Vulgate. So um, but the, in the English Bible, the, the, the phrase caught up, that's the idea that that the God is going to catch up. It's a violent snatching up. And so when believers are caught up, it's, it's going to be violent. It's going to be instant. Uh, we'll be caught up from this earth to be with the Lord. I have no idea what that'll look like. I just think it'll be amazing that imagine that there's a day where every believer is just boom, gone. Bus drivers, car drivers, home, school teachers, airplane, <laughs> airplane pilots. I mean, you name it, wherever, whatever, whatever time of day, just gone instantly caught up to be with the Lord. The world got to deal with that. They got to deal with it. All the believers gone. And I think it's great. Right? What if you were a weak believer? Gone. Strong believer? Gone. All believers? Gone. Um, I, yeah, I just think that's going to be an amazing. It's going to set the stage for all the chaos of the tribulation period. But that's what believers are looking forward to, that we will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus, we will always be with the Lord. So, um, this passage is the basis for the New Testament doctrine or teaching of the rapture and the catching away of believers to be with Jesus. And again, while the word rapture is not going to be found in the Greek text or in the English Bible, it comes from the Latin Vulgate, which translates the phrase caught up with the Latin word rapturus, where we take the English word rapture from. That's where the word comes from. But the phrase in scripture is caught up. We're going to be caught up to be with the Lord and again, we shall always be. Once we're caught up, we're going to always be with the Lord. This is why this is a comforting hope, right? If you die and get to heaven, can you get kicked out? No. If you're raptured and caught up to be with the Lord, can you mess up? I don't know about That's so comforting to me because I mess up. And I, it's so cool to know that I'm, that's going to finally be a place where God says it's over. Sin nature's gone. You're not going to get here and mess up. Have y'all ever wondered, could you get there and mess up? You know, Thump an angel, you know, just get annoyed with a with a with whatever. But God says, no, you know, your sin nature will be gone. You're forever going to be with the Lord. You can relax. You can rest in him and his faithfulness. Finally, you're there. That's what we're looking forward to. That's where God is trying to bring us. Paul in this, this section saying this, he says, therefore, that word therefore always points backwards, right? As a result of the teaching, in light of this teaching, he says, therefore, comfort one another with these words. This should be a comforting truth for believers. You should be able to comfort one another with this truth. That either you're going to die and be with the Lord 
or you're going to be caught up to be with the Lord. But as long as you believe, you're eventually going to be with the Lord. And that is our hope. Amen. So we can rejoice for our loved ones that have gone before us in the Lord. They're with the Lord. They're okay. They're in good hands. And we'll, and we'll be reunited with them once again as we are also believers. As we wrap this up today, I want to just give us some verses. You can write these down real quick. I want to just give us some verses about, because uh, maybe you have a loved one, someone that's gone to be with the Lord. Um, I just want you to have these verses in your heart when you think about them. This is their reality. Someone you love in heaven already, someone you love died in faith. I want you to have these verses to encourage your heart about what the Bible says is true about them right now. So I'm going to walk through them, write them down. 2 Corinthians 5, 8, we read that earlier. We're confident uh, and well-pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Your loved one that's died in faith is absent from the body, but they are present with the Lord. You can relax and rejoice in that. Psalm 1611 says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Your loved ones that are with the Lord are in his presence. In his presence is fullness of joy. And at his right hand are pleasures forevermore. God made pleasure. And they're enjoying fullness of joy and pleasures forevermore in God's presence. Revelation 21.4 talks about a time where God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There should be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There should be no more pain for the former things that passed away. We look forward to that where there is no death, no sorrow, no pain, no crying forever. John 14, one through four, Jesus preparing his disciples said, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go and prepare a place for you. Think about this. In the Bible read, we're in Genesis. It took God six days to create this beautiful place in which we live. God's been gone for over 2,000 years preparing a place for y'all. It's going to be amazing, right? So he says, look, I'm preparing a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way, you know. So the question would be, what is the way? And he he answered it in the following couple verses in John 14, 6. Jesus says, I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father unless they go through me where is the way to heaven where is the way to life it is through who Jesus Christ there is no other way there is no other door there is no other belief every other belief will lead you to the wrong place every other God is not God every other religion is wrong it is narrow it is narrow it is narrow but it is the truth Jesus is the only way And so why are there so many beliefs and religions? Because Satan is a great counterfeiter. And I believe that he's the author of confusion. And I think Satan threw out as many alternative routes as possible to throw people off the trail. But Jesus is the way. Amen. Lastly, million dollar question. Jesus, as he was speaking to Lazarus sisters after Lazarus died and he was going to raise them back up. Jesus said to her. In John eleven twenty five and 26, Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever believes in me shall never die. Then he asked a million dollar question. Do you believe this? And I'm going to tell you guys that everything hinges right there. 
Do you believe this? Many of you here today, you do believe this. And you believe it. You've been believing it. You still believe it. And I want to encourage you to take what you believe and share it. Because somebody else needs to know what we believe. Amen? We got friends and families and neighbors and loved ones that they need to know what we know. Imagine a withered, seemingly dead houseplant that doesn't look like it will survive. You check on it daily. You give it water and make sure it's getting the right amount of sunlight. Then finally, it perks up. The life has returned to it. Your patience and love prevailed in revitalizing it to a healthy state. This is what Christ does for us, as we're reminded in 1 Thessalonians. Friends, we can be refreshed and restored instead of discouraged and tired. What a grand picture. There are many life-giving nuggets found in the Bible like this one, and so much more to learn about. That's why this ministry dedicates a space on our website to download the mobile app. This is a great tool to have because it allows you to hear the teachings of Jesus whenever and wherever you are. Head on over to calvaryinglewood.org and scroll down to the bottom of the page. There you'll find the information you need. Once again, that's calvaryinglewood.org. We'd be ecstatic for you to join us this coming Sunday if you're in the area. There's a service at 11 a.m. and for our early birds, a 9 a.m. service. Tied up on Sunday with other things? We understand. There's also a midweek gathering on Wednesday evening at 7 p.m. You can find the directions and other helpful information on our homepage, calvaryinglewood.org. Would you consider partnering with us to reach more people for Jesus? If so, just click on the Give tab and know that we're grateful for your generosity. Well, we're out of time for today. We look forward to the next time we're together, right here on A Transforming Word.